he was hit by a truck and you were lying out in that gutter dying and you had time to sing one song one song that would let god know what you felt about your time here on earth one song that would sum you up that's the kind of song that truly saves people hello i'm johnny cash Welcome to Midnight Movies. And I don't do this by myself. I do it with uh, Johnny Cash over there, Mr. Mike. How you doing, sir? How's it going? Well, you know, you're like a freight train, like a razor that sings across the railroads. <laughs> <laughs> Best misquoted line ever. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys couldn't tell, we are doing Walk the Line. Um, after a heavy debate by this man on the other side of the the equator over there, we had to do one or the other, but uh, we cho- actually, I chose this one. I'm yeah, taking I that. Saying, I was like, oh, why are you giving me credit? I, I didn't want to choose. That's, I was like, I was going to correct you on that. Yeah, I there, was, there was two choices. It was this one of the doors, but they're equally about as long, and I think my friend over here is going to get equally as pissed because it's not, I guess, historically accurate. Is that it's, what you were It is historically accurate. There are some things that they have changed for you know, kind of what we were talking about. The world, the, we just talk, got off talking about the Wheel of Time just debuted this weekend, and we were talking about the, the accuracy for things because of time restraints and, and other stuff. So, um, But the, I think one of the things that really happens, you're talking about uh, this movie is based off of two books, and they were literally written 25 years apart. Uh, there was one was written. Uh, the first one was 1975's Man in Black, uh, his own story in his own words by Johnny Cash. And then there was a 1997's uh, Cash, the autobiography, which I know I, I read that one. Oh, shit. Probably 10 times. I mean, I was like back and forth on that one. That was my uh, that was my okay. that was my uh, Uncle John's bathroom reader for a while. If anybody knows what an Uncle John's bathroom reader is, um, <laughs> that was my I did not have one, but I had Johnny Cash and, and I read that one a lot so you would know a lot that happens in this film i know again that book again i you gotta realize i mean 25 20 almost 20 years 27 22 years from the time he wrote the first one a lot of memories change a lot of things had changed i mean i know when i think back to my my life 20 years ago you know where where was i and what did i do completely Mm -hmm. different and then you gotta think yeah this was written in 1975 and he's telling us stories about things that happened 20 years then too so now in the book i read the one in 97 that was you know 40 years so 
when I'm at that age where I can think back to my 20s <laughs> when I'm 60, pretty sure that shit ain't going to be right, accurate. Either. Yeah, <laughs> unless you write everything down and triple yeah. it. Not going to happen. I, I Granted, think with Johnny, Johnny Cash and June, their lives were in the public eye, so I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot more uh, a lot more stuff out there. But yeah, there were certain things that were different from the book. And, I think the uh, only issue I had with this film is like the where it ended. Because I thought they would go, there's a lot more stuff that happened, you know, after that time period, like tons of stuff that I thought they would get into and they it never was. Yeah, it is. And it, it wasn't. Yeah, it's, I I think they pay, stopped there because that's the beginning of their life together as husband I, I and wife. And yeah, that, no, me personally as a cash fan, yeah, I, if they would have drifted into like his, like most people forget about it. You know, he had a. He had a variety show, and that variety show was amazing. Yeah. Like the people that I, were I on there. To, I used to watch that show. Bob Dylan was on yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, he would. He, he, crossed, yeah, he yeah. crossed the line a lot on a lot of things. Nobody wanted to play Dylan. Nobody wanted to have Dylan on. He's like, come on, you're going on my show. He, he you know, He's a man that did not give a shit. You know, people talk about people not giving a fuck. He did not back then when, yes, we're in divisive times, but, you know, you look back in the 50s and 60s, it was a divisive time, and he didn't care. Or divisive then, yeah. I was yeah. But yeah, I remember that variety show. I used to watch it with my dad. Take him on Sunday nights, and it is a little odd. Like, cause the stuff with RCA Records, where he stuck the middle finger up. I thought they were going to go into that. You know, his last album, which was awesome. And anyway, but we're not there yet. I guess maybe someday somebody will pick it up. Maybe, Who knows? Maybe that'd be a good thing to do. But um, enough of us yapping, because you want to hear us yap while the movie's playing, because that's the good thing to do, right, guys? So exactly. um, and uh, let me hold on. Take a little full bomb. Sorry about that. So I got mine queued up at um, zero. So hopefully you're at zero. And uh, yeah, get ready for Walk the Line, kids. And here we go. In three, two, one, hit play. A Fox production. Yeah, this was a, it, this took a while to get made. Uh, there was a lot of tape pushing, pushing back, and everything. Uh, but the one thing that Johnny Cash and June were able to do before they did pass away was cast who they wanted to play them. And if I correct me if I'm wrong, Catfish Production—that's funny. Well, look at James Mangold. James Mangold did this film. Yeah, this is his third movie, I think. James Mangold is going to do some big and badass things coming in the future for him. Yeah, this he'd already done Copland and Girl Interrupted, so this was uh, I think the next big one for him, I think, really after this was uh, The Wolverine and then, of course, Logan, you know, which, and when I found out he was going to be doing Logan, I saw what he did here and I was completely fine with, with everything. I think people judged him because of what happened with The Wolverine. Yeah. And they were like, his fault. Like, actually, that was not his fault. Yeah, You read into depth of what happened in that film. That was all studio meddling. Yeah. And and honestly, this one is the screenplay was actually done by him and a, a Gail, uh, Gil Dennis as well. I'm going to talk to you about something when we get to that part, but um, you might know what it is when we get there. Now, what do you think about starting here in Folsom? Well, where Good else idea. are you going to start? I mean, that's best one. This is the best way of starting it because this is sort of that that launching point for him. I mean, he was already out and everything, but this is like the point where that I don't care, I don't give a fuck kind of attitude really started. Kind of like it was resurrection, right? Yeah, because yeah, because nobody wanted him to do this. 
Now, one of the cool things they could have done here, it's a kind of like, uh, I know he, I don't think he was here at this recording, but he did a lot of these tours. But at one of these shows, Merle Haggard was actually a guest at Folsom. Oh, Prison. really? Yeah. Merle Haggard, young Merle Haggard was in the audience watching Johnny Cash perform, uh, in there. I thought it would be kind of cool to see, you know, Haggard on one of the inmates, you know, things or. Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Three. There is uh, Johnny himself, or Joaquin. Guy's got range, man. Guy's got range. It's funny, you think of him, he played a freaking psycho in Gladiator, and then he goes to Johnny, and then he goes to Joker, and then he goes to just crazy range. Another good casting is um, freaking Robert Patrick is dad. Oof. Yeah. Uh, this is the deep, deep South, man. This is like, yeah, this ooh. was in Arkansas. Uh, they actually grew up out there. Uh, I guess I'm trying to remember the president at the time. He he was doing like where like these farmers could buy these lots of land and start and. Basically, the government gave him a house, lots of land, and like I think like the first needed to like start growing. Um, Dias, Dias, uh, Arkansas, that's where it is. And uh, that's yeah, that's how they started all their life out, just out there, you know, growing seed and and, and cotton. What was it? Sunset to sunrise. They're working because they're like farmers and mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Reading hymns. The kid looks like a young Johnny, too. Did a good job in casting. Yeah, this uh, this uh, kid, he was in uh, it's a rich uh, canop. He was in the Bad News Bear, Bad News Bears that came out the same year this did. Uh, Santa Claus three, and not not much in like as far as movies goes. But uh, he was on uh, in Desperate Housewives, Supernatural. He was he was the young Dean. He played young Dean. That's say. That's Steve Dudley. Yeah, that's all right. That is young Dean. Fucking A. And from what I gather, I hear that Johnny's Johnny's dad was really straight. Well, back then, yeah, every, everything, everybody yeah. was a little bit more. It's a different time for. A little strict yeah. and everything. Mm. Now the kid that's playing his brother Jack—that's actually the same actor that played uh, Alex Summers and Havoc in uh, X Men: First Class. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Oh, that is him. Look at that. Okay. Can't stand up your dad, man. He could beat you up. Well, no, that was his wife saying she—you know—I'm not the one going out to out to town and drinking all the time. Now, yeah, when he grew up, yeah, he was he he and his mom uh, did a lot of the hem books. That's why if you'll you'll find he has a lot of uh, Christian songs and oh, albums. tons, 
Yeah, my uh, I think my mother has one of his albums, his Christian album. He actually, if you, if you remember the video for um, for Hurt, mm-hmm. if you remember, there's a a uh, a lot of uh, religious symbolisms in there. That's actually from a movie that he produced about the life of Jesus, and actually they filmed it in in Jerusalem. Oh wow! And, yeah, it's uh, and so that's why you see a lot of that. So yeah, he was, he's always been like this weird dichotomy of you know everything he's done, you know the 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 life and the music, especially at that time, it was all about you know the devil music. But yet he was such a such a, a religious man deep down, a spiritual man. Um, I'm trying to remember it is who it is. Uh, there's a reverend, uh, big, big time reverend that that he was a uh Billy Graham, Billy Graham, Mickey, yeah, Graham, yeah. And as you watch, you'll find references to a lot of his songs through the movie. Like that's that's that scene with him and the the dog. Mm. There's a, a song about a dog, a black dog. So you'll see a lot of that. You won't hear the songs, but you'll see a lot of symbolism showing. Showing maybe that's where you got the idea from. Freaking Dean Winchester and Havoc. <laughs> and Joker. And the T2. That's right. They're, all, all, in they're all in there. Jesus. See, it all, it all comes around, guys. It all comes together. I don't know why his dad was so mad at him. He didn't do anything. It's you'll see as this, as it goes along, you know that you know he makes a comment. You know you were the wrong son. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And that and that's not and that's not something made up for this. No, it was something that was really said. The wrong son died. The wrong son died. Well, the big thing was because Johnny always listened to music. That's all he like paid attention to growing up. And this scene is word for word what Johnny described when his when his brother passed away. Is that how he passed away? The yeah. so yeah okay yeah he got like caught up in the saw. Couldn't even take him to a doctor, man. Jeez. Oh no, he has. He's at the top. Oh, okay. I try, I try. I just saw him. But it was, it was just too bad, you know. Now Johnny always said, as he grew up, his brother grew up with him. He always had his brother with him. Uh, this spiritual friend always there. He's like he even you know as he became an old man, Jack became an old man. He always saw Jack like right along with him every step of the way and sort of had a sort of had him as a, as like a conscience, you know, sounding board. Look at that. Look at that. Just hatred in his eyes.
What did uh, Johnny's siblings do? The two uh, sisters that he had. Uh, well, one became a singer. Uh, one of the girls became a singer, and his brother, I believe, also became a guitar player. You mean the other the other uh, sister he had? Yeah, because he, he had, had there was a, there was Carrie Cash, um, Reba Cash, uh, Ray Cash. Or no, no, Reba. Sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm doing the wrong ones. Sorry, Reba. Reba was his uh, was his mom. No, you had Carrie. I'm trying to remember all of the rest of his brothers, but yeah, he had a few other brothers and and sisters. But yeah, they some of them joined him in the music career, in you know the music industry. The wrong son died. The wrong son, dude. Yeah, I feel like shit too. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Tommy, a, Tommy Cash is the, uh, I think Tommy Cash is the baby in this. You know, when you just heard a kid crying that, that, that he became a, he became a guitar player and singer. It's, as a well. nice, it's a nice little segue right there. Yeah. That's because not much happened for him. You know, he just went to school and you know, what better way to jump in. Private Johnny Cash. Man, even still, he's an he's an older guy now. Still, let that. Oh, there's Tommy. He went to war to defend his country, and I think even. I wonder if he did it because just to please his dad. But even then, like it. it his dad just still, you're going to miss your bus. Like, damn. Okay. Yeah. He didn't even go out to, to, to the, where yeah. the war was. He went to, he went to Korea. Yeah. He's like, the war's in Korea. I think he says that. Doesn't he say the war's in Korea? Yeah. Always giving him shit. You're gonna miss your bus. Just nothing, man. Hard man. Well, I think even Johnny says it in his in some interviews, right? Going forward, like, hey man, my dad was a hard man. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, you gotta think of the life that these guys all had. You got I mean, you yeah. realize like his dad, you know, went through the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And you know, so he's he was given a chance and and the, and he's got a oh, hello. you know, he didn't he didn't wanna didn't want that to waste it, so he made his family hard. Now, really, the only thing he did in when he was in the service, he had one moment <laughs> that really was it, because uh, he was a he was on a, he worked Morse code operator uh, for with the Soviet Union transmissions. That's primarily what he did. So he, anything coming out of the Soviet Union, he would grab. He was actually the one that had got the transmission that Stalin had died. Oh shit! Yeah, he was the one that had that that received the tran, you know, transmission and translated it. Fenders up there. I think we were talking about guitars a couple weeks ago. I'll take that one. Hey, Johnny.
I believe that's pretty accurate too. He got, he got his first guitar in Germany. That right? He was more into he was into music in his early days. He did he did play some piano and stuff. So it's not like it's a major transition from that. But yeah, he did pick up his first guitar. Okay. Uh, he played a lot. It was it called um it was uh one of the songs, but it was his mother's hems book. That's what he used. But Hank it was William a lot of uh, twenty nine. Wow. Now, wasn't Johnny's – here's the thing I was going to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Johnny's uh, first wife – she wasn't a um, – she wasn't Caucasian, I don't she believe. Was a, she was a mixed race. She yeah. – her mother was – what, her mother was uh, uh, Irish uh, uh, Irish, English, and African-American. Yeah. Her father, I think, was – I think he was Indian. Uh, yeah, I'm trying – yeah, she was a mixed race. Not much was brought about his – about her – race but i mean when you again you look back at that time how you know things he did were different and stood out mm. oh. oh i thought it was gonna be like stalin is dead <laughs> so you're playing parts yeah, I don't think they, they, they showed that in the movie. Yeah, I don't know how much is known about Johnny's first wife, but man, in this movie, they make her out to be a just a real biatch. No, I mean, not at the beginning, though. I mean, a lot was, I mean, what you see about her, there's a lot known about her because, I mean, they were together for a while, but would, would you, how would you feel if you're, if you're, you know, the person you're married to is going off towing a tour and, and you know that he's, or he or she's falling in love with someone else and not being very subtle about it. Yeah, he was. So, idea, I don't, yeah, no. Her reaction to what happened, do not blame her. Yeah, no, so yeah, her mother was Irish American, German, and African American. Her her father was, um, was a Sicilian. Okay. So definitely when you do, you know, like when you, if you actually look at pictures, you can see the African American, but you can see the Sicilian side of it as well. Click. Why are you going to be a douche? Five minutes ago. <laughs> Inside the walls, this is Folsom Prison. A jail. <laughs> I just like the guy who's doing the little intro of that. Yeah. There she is. June Carter. Yeah, and June June had a an interesting past herself. Oh yeah. <laughs> but again, here you're seeing where he got the influences for Folsom Prison. Still doing Morse code stuff. No, he's just writing lyrics down. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny as they they show that like he wrote Folsom Prison first, but no, it was other. Um, I think it was uh, which one was it? Big River. No, it wasn't Big River. 
Get a rhythm and get a rhythm. I think that's the first. Yeah, I think one. I think it was either get rhythm or the the um, shoe shine shoe shine shoe shine shoe, uh, shoe shine boy or something like that shoe shine yeah, yeah. shoe. Yeah, God bless you. I mean, he did he did work through Folsom Prism, like which was starting to write it, but yeah, he was had other songs like written. And he actually played in bands in Germany. That's another thing that they show that they're like, like his first band was the Tennessee Two. No, mm-hmm. he, he played in in Germany in bands. Whoop. Some of you might recognize his wife. He, she's done a ton, ton of stuff, stuff, stuff. Oh, Jennifer Goodwin? Yeah. Jennifer Goodwin, yeah. She's done ton, tons of stuff. Anybody a fan of Once Upon a Time would recognize her from there. Big I mean, she love. Short, short hair. She, she did a lot of rom-coms for a long time. Yeah, she she's starting already. You actually sell something today? <laughs> and it's funny, he just didn't do this for a living. He was actually going to school at night for, for as a radio announcer. So that's why, again, one of those little things that's just like, don't make him look like a, a douchebag and make her look like a bitch because, you know, he was doing things. He was going to school and he was going to work, you know. What was he, a vacuum salesman? Is that accurate? Uh, door to door. I think it was vacuum salesman. Yeah, I think that's what he did. He did a few other things too, but. No, I think I think in here he's a he's a, a, a siding salesman. I slammed the door. <laughs> nope. Can't sell shit. So we see Sun Studios around here, I think. Yeah, this is where he runs into Sun Studios. I mean, by then, Sun Studios already had a was a big name already. There's another song we were just talking about, right? Yep. And yep. Like I said, yeah. As you watch, you'll see you know references to his songs. think that's supposed to be Elvis, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong. Make your own record. I think some student no, it's not around. It's I think it's more of a landmark now. It's yeah, it's more landmark than than anything else, but it's yeah, but it still was a huge, huge your recording studio back in the day. I mean, just who you see. This is uh, this is Tyler Hilton playing Johnny Cash. Wow. You mean Elvis, right? Oh, did I say? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Elvis. Well, he's got the energy. I don't know. Talk about a guy who's been overdone to death. 
Hey man, just kicks his ass out. Just looking. Come on, man, let me in. Uh, I guess these two guys are uh, mechanics, mechanic buddies of his. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Luther Perkins and Marshall Grant. I think Marshall is Marshall still with us. I know Luther passed away a long time ago. No, uh, Grant Marshall uh, passed away 2011. Yeah, there's a reference at the end of uh, towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. when they're walking through the bus. You'll see uh, Luther's got a cigarette in his mouth, sleeping. And that's sort of a reference to that, well, Luther passed away because he fell asleep with a cigarette in his mouth and his house caught fire. Oh, shit. Yeah, so there's a – yeah, there's a few uh, few references, like I said, throughout it. <laughs> she couldn't have been this bitchy. No, they're just trying to – again, this is all about John and June, so. Well, but God, they just made her like an antagonist. Like, yeah. man, you hated her right away. I mean, there had to be some point where like she was warm and – Oh, no, she like, was. No, if you, if you – yeah, order. if you read his biography, yeah, there's – she was – But they just – like they mangled just, just – I don't know. They just made her so bitchy. Yeah. Like giving her the dirty looks, doesn't want him to sing in. And even when – like she said, look, she she walked out of the room for no reason. Oh, no, she's not – there's no reason. She's mad. Yeah, she just got. She, I mean, they're going to show it. Got the eviction notice, and he's not working. And yeah, if you ever, if you ever tried the musical route, it's a, it's a long, hard road. I did that for a few years, so and and I, luckily I was single, so. Did her dad? Did her father have money, or he just he, uh, he owned a business? Okay, uh, I think he was an in insurance. I think early in her earlier in her life, yeah, he he uh he had an insurance company or something like that. Mm. And uh, another thing that's so funny is like how they how they show her in here, like you know, you know not having any like face and like trying to do your own thing um yeah. her dad was an amateur magician so it's like she, she was around <laughs> people that tried I always thought like the way she was like I didn't read the autobiography like you did, but based on just watching the film, like the way she would act towards his musical career, I felt in a way she she sort of pushed John to cheating when he went on the road because she was never really supportive of him. Even when she gets when he gets signed, and like I guess we're gonna get there in like ten minutes when he gets signed, even she's then she's still like yeah you know. Well, again, she married him, you know. She wanted to, you, I mean, if you're just because you're taking care of doesn't mean you don't want somebody in your life and you're the person you married. Mm. It's just like, 
like, look, what are you playing? Like, I don't know. They just made her so bitchy. I mean, if that was the goal, you succeeded. <laughs> well, I can, I can tell you from a musician standpoint, if you're singing a song, your girl's going to automatically think it's about her. And just like what happened there, she's like, is that about me? No, just a song. I'm just a, you know, a good songwriter can put himself in anybody's shoes and write a song has nothing to do with anybody in their life. It's not, you know, back then they weren't Taylor Swift's. Built a career off that. Now this, um, this producer, I guess, studio owner, Sam Phillips, Sam Phillips, pretty famous guy. Yeah, I mean, he brought, he found, he found, you know, John, or he found Elvis Presley, he found Roy Orbison, found, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash. I mean, he, he was the beginning of, you know, the rockabilly and the early rock and roll sounds here in America. When did he pass? Oh, Sam, goodness. Wow, right? It's been a while for Sam. Sam, well, so you got to realize Sam was a lot older than these gentlemen here. Here we go. See, one of the few moments that she's being supportive. But then again, John was acting like a dick there. Well, he's scared. He's nervous. And the only reason they all had to wear black was because it's the only shirt that they all had. (laughs) Now, we're going to come up at a point right now where they're doing this little, I guess you would call rehearsal demo. Yeah, try it, yeah. Now, did this actually happen? Did Sam say, "Hey, man, I don't want to hear about this"? Yes, not not that speech. Not they made this a lot more. uh, Basically, I mean, there's there's some differences if you ask certain people, but basically, you know, he told Johnny to go home and sin and then write songs. But this speech is a lot cooler. Yeah, it is a lot cooler. He's like, yeah. what is one song you're going to sing when you're on like the grave or like you're, you're at, what is it, like a ditch? I, I mean, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. But yeah, no, yeah, we're going to come to it. But yeah, he says, you know, if you're laying in a ditch, if you're laying in a ditch, what would you, you know, what would you sing to God if he told you to sing me one song? But, you know, it, from what they were saying, Sam Phillips says, no, I told him to go home and sin and then come back and, and you know, write me some songs that I can sing. This is much better. <laughs> I don't know. To me, go home and sin is just as good. I'm sorry. Go, go home and do something, dude. Should be a t-shirt. Go home and sin. <laughs> I just like the way he says. He's like, nobody wants to hear that run of the mill. Praise the Lord, and you love it, shit. They want to hear something real. Well, that was the time. I mean, you got to realize we're still rolling off of, um, off of uh, the Carter family and their recordings, and all of their recordings. Pretty much most of those recordings came off of. Uh, in uh, Tennessee and um, not Tennessee. Yeah, no, Tennessee. Um, shoot, I'm trying to I'm drawing a blank on the name of the town, uh, uh, Johnson City. Um, and they, this guy rolled in there and basically made made a living off of grabbing mountain music. Like, there's a few documentaries on it about how you watch this guy from New York went down there, just discovered all these great singers and songwriters from the mountains, you know, of Appalachian, and he set up a recording studio in an office in Johnson City and. That's, you know, he started like getting these guys or these, you know, you know, wood or, you know, hillbillies up in the hills come rolling in and singing their songs that they sing around the, around the uh, campfire at night. And that's how he discovered these people. He discovered the Johnny, you know, the, the Carter, you know, the uh, Carter family. He discovered, um, uh, Jim, uh, was it, um, 
my dad's old favorite son, Jimmy, Jimmy Rogers, and like all these old, old guys. Now he didn't bust them out like he did here. Now that's the, that's a little different. They they went home and, rec- and practiced them. Yeah, I was gonna say he didn't bust out this song yeah. like this. And then, and then they didn't just pick up in line. Yeah, that's just yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's a little. I love those. I love those movie moments. You're you're like, oh yeah, that'll happen. He starts playing. I hear the train come. And all he does is give him like a little nod, like. He's probably like, help me out here, man. Yeah, no. He he eventually came in with like songs that were delivered in his like early rockabilly style, not this. Like get a rhythm, get a rhythm. Well, his first, like his first, his first one was Hey Porter, and then uh, Cry 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 were the ones that were like the big ones. Cry Cry Cry. God, I would love to have seen him live. Can you imagine? Not during this period. I'm talking like maybe, I saw maybe. him live one time, but I was nowhere in the studio or in the stadium. I was um, up on a hill. Oh, okay. I saw him during the uh, during the American Record albums. Uh, I think it was after the second one it came out. So when I was living in Los Angeles, my apartment butted up to the Hollywood Hills, and the Hollywood Bowl, like the Hollywood Hills, overlooked the Hollywood Bowl. So me and a and a few people from my apartment complex went and hiked our way through the Hollywood Hills to the this wooded area above uh, the Hollywood Bowl and watched him perform. It was very tiny and it was very quiet, but still, I got to see Johnny Cash play. Look up some recordings after I get out of here. See if he can find it. There's a, uh, I think it was CBS. I think it was when he was trying to get out of a CBS record contract. He had a couple albums left. He started throwing out shit albums. Um, and one of them is called the the, uh, the Chicken in Yellow instead of the Man in Black. Chicken in Yellow. And, and the album cover has him in a in a chicken outfit. Yeah. He was, he, <laughs> like I said this man did not give a fuck. I have to. It, dude, it's a, it's a tough one to find. <laughs> but yeah, there was some horrible stuff. I think it was like. Was it early 80s? I think when he was trying to get out of the CBS contract. He just was like, just started like throwing crap out. He didn't like any of those songs. He recorded right. He recorded an album an entire night. That's yeah. Okay. We made a record. Okay, there we go. Well, even then, she's still. Eh. You know, you make more money selling insurance. Oh God! You got to realize, man. Back then, the record, the music industry wasn't what we think of it now. You know, oh. back then you got signed to do what? You're going to do what? And a lot of times, the back then, man, those guys didn't make much money. Uh, nothing. Now, nowadays, you know, not nowadays. I would say, you know, like the '80s, '90s. Yeah, that was a different thing. You got signed; it was a big deal. You know, something to celebrate. Now you can make an album. Just uh, you can make an album with the, the fucking equipment we got in front of us and. We can and and, and we can release it on Spotify. No, I don't need a record contract anymore. Yeah, that's why today is a completely different world. If you if you're able to make a career nowadays, that's a that's a amazing feat. Because yeah, 
and, and not only that, but it's great for the artists if they are able to make it now because now you don't have the PR Middle guys. And yeah, you don't Middle have those. Yeah. yeah, whatever you make and put it out there, it's yours. And now once you get on an album and stuff, you'll it's different. Yeah. yeah, then you have distribution rights and yeah. you know. Studio. I think I've got an extended version. I think there's some some scenes in here I don't remember, like this scene. Neither do I. I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember him chucking it across. Oh, oh I don't want to. Yeah, we made a record. Sun Records. So he has to hand all those out? No, he's just getting them all together. Oh, okay. I thought he had to go like to each individual radio station and start yeah. like giving DJs and stuff. No, he's probably hitting the local ones, especially Memphis and you know, especially Tennessee back then. That was the home of I don't remember this. Yeah, I don't remember this either. So I must have grabbed a an extended version. Yeah, I have never seen this, so he has all the records like that. So he jumps to something else. Finally, a moment of tenderness. Yeah, this is all new. I don't remember any of this. Man, I don't know any of this shit. Wow. They're playing your song. Woke up Roseanne Cash. That's his first kid? Yeah, that's Roseanne Cash. You know the, the artist, singer, Roseanne Cash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's her. Yeah. Yeah, that was she was she was a. Uh, she, or Vivian, Vivian's her mom. Yeah, they, they, yeah. June and uh, John only only had one, uh, one kid. Yeah, John. What is it? John Henry. I don't know. This is this is where I remember. See that part where they were in the bed, like they yeah. they they skipped to here. Yes, yeah, so they added all that stuff. That's the killer. Yeah, it was John, John Carter Cash is his is their son's name. Yeah, he was actually I think a producer, an executive producer on this movie. I love this for I, as much as I love Dennis Quaid as Jerry Lee Lewis. I love this I guy, think, this actor yeah. as him. I don't know who he is, but he to me he's more Jerry Lee Lewis than Dennis Quaid was. Because they made they made him out in in that to be like like a nut fucking case, like a fucking psycho. Now this is Waylon Malloy Malloy Payne, uh, singer. Is June Carter arguing with Elvis? Yeah. Okay. I love that. Hey boys, try following the killer. What's how he was, man? He didn't give two craps. I love that. Yeah, he he hated opening up for anybody. He was a closer no matter what. 
Oops. Actually, he had a uh, who was it? He uh, he had to open up for um, Chuck Berry one year or one show. And as, as he's getting ready to get done playing, he fucking lights his fucking piano on fire. As he walks off, he looks and goes, "You follow that." <laughs> that's that's how he was. <laughs> I believe um I believe Reese won an Oscar for her portrayal as June, if I'm not mistaken. Because I know they were both nominated. He didn't win, like I think somebody I think Daniel Day Lewis won. But yeah, I, I think yeah, won. I think the year he uh he went out, but yeah, it was it was a really tough yeah, tough year for him, but she stood out. Let's be honest, she stood out in this movie. Yeah, she yeah she got an Academy Award for best for this one. That's one of those things. Like she had done stuff for a while, but I guess people assumed she was more of the legally blonde girl, but she branched out. Your stuff. Yeah, it's always tough to do a music biopic like this because they they could either do great and like really push a, an actor's career, up, like a bomb. or it can just flop. Like, I mean, there's been some bad ones that just whew, there's some bad ones out there, but then there's some amazing ones. You know, you you look at like Selena, you look um, La Bamba. You know, who, you know who who was a uh, you know who was um shit just to a blank on who was playing Richie Valens. Um, oh, that's uh, that, ooh, uh, that's oh man, uh, shit. What's uh, uh, Rich? No, I was gonna say that's the uh, what, what the hell's his name? The guy I seen him, uh, he was in Young Guns, no, Lou no, Diamond no, Films, yeah, Lou Diamond Films, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, who was he before that? You know, you think back, you know, you know, Dennis Quaid, yeah, Dennis Quaid was around, but I think, yo, know, Great Balls of Fire really pushed him, got him more. And same thing happened here. Yeah, he. I think he'd already done Gladiator. I think. Yeah, he did Gladiator. But I mean, this I think really pushed him because he was up there by himself. Yeah. Now this is actually him singing. This isn't a Johnny Cash record recording. He actually was able to get that that timbre down. Although Johnny so was Johnny was a little bit lower. Just a little bit. So he didn't sing all the songs in this movie. Then most of it's just dubbing. No, no, he did. No, this is him singing. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm talking about the rest of the movie. Well, did he yeah. sing? No, in the rest of the movie, yeah. Except, I mean, the times that they actually use, like, like if it's just like a a, a scene where in the background it's Johnny Cash's music. But uh, him and him and Reese both uh, did their vocal parts, and he actually learned to play guitar. So, like, when you're seeing the hand, the finger placements for the guitar, they're spot on. Got to give him credit. He actually held the, the guitar the way that John did too. Little things. Yeah. Now the only thing that if you listen to the music, do you hear a drummer? No. Yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, you do. Listen to the. Tick, 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 tick. That's a, that's tapping. Okay. Yeah, they, they they did a little uh, overdubbing on that one. I was like, oh, what are you doing? Keep keep it towards just them. 
Dead rhythm. What the hell is that janitor doing there? Just hanging out. It's chilling. Janitor gets some love. You got Buddy Holly up there too? No, that's Roy Orbison. Is this this Roy Orbison? Yes, Roy, yeah. I thought it was Buddy Holly. Yeah. I miss you. Yeah, I got to take care of the kids. Yeah, okay. Man, all this time I thought it was Buddy Holly. Yeah, that's Roy. (laughs) I love that uh, one album that Roy did. I think it was in the 80s with the Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. Dug that album. I forgot who it was. I think it was him and it was Clapton. Uh, I don't think it was Jimmy Page. It was somebody else. It was... Bob Dylan, right? Bob Dylan was on there? Yeah, Tom Petty was on there. Yeah, you had quite a few folks on there. No, the tour that they're on is for Sun Records, so you're going to have all the Sun Records artists. Like I said, Roy Orbison, Johnny Cash... Elvis Presley. My God, the Carters are so nice. Nice family. <laughs> you can read up on the Carters. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Not so wholesome, huh? There's some arguing going on. You got to realize a lot of them, that they were husband and wife teams, and then, then they weren't anymore. They got divorced, and then things kind of went sour. Now, as much as I love June, Reese does amazing dong or amazing doing these songs because uh, June was a little bit. She had a harsher Southern drawl. She was more spunky. Well, yeah, like she. I mean, she explains it later in the movie. You know how she's like, "No, we had to do this because you know I had to become learn to become funny because I had a bunch of you know great singers around me." I think she just said that. Oh, no, no, no. She's no she holds, I think it's in the diner scene. Diner, yeah. I had to learn, yeah. Because, like, her sister, Loretta, 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 something. Look at Elvis in the shadows. Eating jelly cheese fries. It's like good Elvis. I think there's a moment coming up with him. I don't know if John ever explains in the book, but I heard, and again, you're the historian here, that they sort of had, they didn't, they didn't hate each other, but they had like what I guess you would call professional rivalry. Yes, there was more of a rivalry, yeah. There was no hate, it was just it, like, eh. Yeah, I think if you look, there's a couple, there's another one. I think there's a Elvis Presley movie, or maybe maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's the uh, Great Balls of Fire I'm thinking of when Johnny Cash, or no, when, um, when Jerry Lee Lewis is playing and Elvis comes into the studio and he's like, who the hell is this guy? And yeah, that's, they didn't, there was a little, just like you said, professional anim, you know, animosity. Uh, and you're talking about uh, Helen Carter and Anita Carter, or her yeah. sisters. They're like gospel singers, I believe. Not gospel, hillbilly style. I mean, exactly what the Carter family has always done. So then, of course, they drifted it over to country music.
because they started off with like folk blues and then yeah, they did gospel. Bristol. Damn it, not Johnson City. It was Bristol, Tennessee that they did all that recording at. They're right next to each other. I get them mixed up. It's okay. Had a, uh, an ex live there and I went to go visit her and I was like, I'm so much fun just going up there and checking these out. But yeah, there's all these, it's like the, the tri-city areas, Johnson, Bristol, and then there's one other town in that that are all like kind of crossed over and a lot of musical history is, is there. Because you have Bristol's divided like smack down the middle. You have Bristol, Tennessee, and then Bristol, Virginia. And like in the middle of the roads, the town is like divided in half. Man, back then, divorce was not looked up very, very favorably. And not really. I know a lot of folks that got divorced. My grandmother got divorced. Parents got divorced. <laughs> my mom's dad, she, she got divorced and. don't think it was as readily available as it is, you know, back when our parents were around, you know. Mm. Hey, but you're, you're one of the, you're one of the rarities. I mean, you've got a, you know, a, a family together. Like most people I know, their, their parents have divorced, you know, yours, yeah, yours stayed yeah. together. You did. You did. Hey. <laughs> If their chemistry doesn't work out, this movie fails. Yeah. That's the big thing. Like you get the, these two, because it's basically the hub of the movie is this. Oh yeah. It's yeah. It's all about their, their life and oh, their love. Yeah. Oh, if, and again, that's why Vivian is not looked as, you know, the happy go lucky, you know, she as the angry, bitter one. Yeah. But again, I, I don't blame her either. You know, if I, if I, you know, being a, you know, if if my wife went off to have a music career and I was stuck at home taking care of everything, I would feel left out. I would feel alone. So I mean, I don't blame her for. No, I don't blame. Way. What did they say about their love? Was it an instant or it took a while? Oh, dude, a long time. Like what you see in the movie, yeah, this took a long time. Because again, she was married. He was married. Then later on, he goes through some deals with some personal demons for a long time. Like what you see in the movie about this, you know, this takes decades for them to to get together. And finally, you know, she finally like you know gets him to where he needs to be. You know that constant tr- struggle that they always talk about. You know, you, you, the women like to find men that need help. And you know to try to help them and fix them and get make them better. Yeah, this was this was her hers, and um, like I said, yeah, he had a lot of demons to deal with. You know, with his dad, his brother, his there's, um, you know his his, a, his 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 ability to not feel like he's you know in his confidence either. He didn't never felt like he was you know as good as he is. I think there's a line that comes towards later in the movie that speaks about this, and it says, I think it's her, her mom. Mm-hmm. He's he's driving a tractor. He can't get the tractor out of the hole in the river. In the river, yeah, yeah. on the river, and um, she's like, "You should go help him," you know. And then she says, "Like he he's already stuck. He's stuck down there. I can't help him." And she's like, "You're already down there." Yeah, yeah. You go. You need to go help him. Yeah, but he's down there. Yeah, that's yeah. That's one of the lines. Because you're already because she's she's like you're already down there. Meaning that she's already. I think the, the mother knew. She was like, "Yeah, she's." 
Well, kinda, by, the, by that point, they were both divorced and they had already kind of like just became, I guess, sort of friends in a way that, but, you know, again, he was still, still in there. And that, and again, that's one of those moments that's in the, in his story, in his book that is completely different. You know, there's a, there's a very um, interesting story that he, he, when he decides that he's done with everything, he, he decides to do something. And, uh, and that's when the, that's the turning point in his life. John, you said you helped me. Guy's tired, man. Take a break. Yeah, I'm not going to repeat it, but again. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things like for me, if your man or your husband's coming home from a long day at work, you know, he just wants to just relax. He just wants to chill. Doesn't want to do much. And I don't know. I think she's just like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? You're supposed to help me out. And I mean, I, I get it, but I don't like, you can let him chill for a while. He's, he's being a provider and you're giving him shit. Again, now she's getting mad. Like, oh, you know, some of those girls, the girl fans, you like they're sending pictures and like they say something like she's going through the mail. Like, come on, man. And I get it. She's a wife. She's got a family to protect. But even this scene right here is like people are always telling me what to do. And that goes back to his father. He's like, my dad told me what to do. Like subliminally, like, Dad told me what to do when I was in the army. They told me what to do. I got everybody telling me what to do, even you. You just get to a point where you're freaking sick of it. See that. Don't talk about the road when you're home. What, what does he do? Of course you're going to talk about the road. See, I don't... I, wait a minute. Like, I want everything you promised me. Like, dude, you, you got a house, you got a car, you got, I don't know. Again, I guess that's the way they wanted to make her. But Man, the stories in that car right now, you got Johnny Cash, you got Jerry Lee Lewis, Tennessee 2, and June Carter. Who's driving? Is that? No, it's who's, I'm trying to see who's driving. No, Ellis is not in there.
Okay, that's one of the. Uh, I thought I thought Elvis was driving. And that was the big thing back then during those times. I know they toured from city to city. You know, I don't, they didn't have the bus yet, so and they weren't making that much money, so they had a had a carpool. The pranks. God, who was this guy who played Jerry Lee Lewis, man? What is Jerry talking about? <laughs> He's just spazzing out. That's a little odd. What's that? No, I was just saying the stories, just to be a fly on the wall in that car. You got Jerry Lee Lewis, June Carter, Johnny Cash. I thought Elvis was in there, but he's not. No, I think Elvis was too big at that point. To... Yeah. Well, it's like um, <laughs> if you ever got a chance to read like Willie Nelson's book, mm-hmm. like the, their journey around you know, touring and everything, there's a week that he wrote like crazy in these, these walls and like some of his biggest hits back then, just cause they just sat in the car so long and just sitting there playing guitar. Because all they did was just travel city to city carpooling. It's a lot of books. No internet. That's all they had to do. I know. <laughs> Cry, cry, cry. I'm 15. The prophet. Was she divorced by then or she was going through divorce? Yeah, she just says it right here. Got the whole world looking at me. And this is said to be a quote that she actually made to him. You need to take credit for things every once in a while. So John fell instantly and she... Well, John's been infatuated with her since he was a kid. When she was, you know, like he would, you know, made the comment. He, I mean, him and his brother, Jack, was sitting there. He's, he could point her out by her voice. He would read articles about her when he was in Germany. So now he's always been, you know, mm-hmm. you know had a, had a crush. I mean, imagine you know, you know, us growing up and you know having a, you know probably probably for both of us, it would probably fall under Alyssa Milano, you know, or Winona Ryder. Is seeing them and they're seeing them being a celebrity. Then we grow up and enter in the same field to become actors and we end up, you know, being, you know, equals with them. 
Little crush. A crush gone good for Johnny. Oh, this is where uh That's where he gets introduced to amphetamines. Amphetamines. Yeah, I'll take some. Speaking of that. Oh boy. 
Again, some of that tour life. Yeah, I see. So Vivian had a little bit more reason to be pissy. And I think the drugs helped out a little bit. I think because he got rejected first time by June. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Damn, John. John, I'm going to play. Oh, my God. That old-timey camera. My, um... When my grandmother passed, she had left us one of those. Didn't work, but I wonder if I still have it. What is he reading here? Excuse me. He's reading the inside of his eyelids right now. You fucker. (laughs) I've been there, John. Just want to sleep for a day. And that goes back to what you were saying that he always sees Jack with him. Yeah. Again, yeah, this is a different version than the one I'm used to seeing. So I guess that's glad they showed that. Like, I didn't see this scene with him and Jack. Like, they never showed him again. Yeah. Is that Roseanne or is that uh Yeah, I think that was Roseanne, yeah. Okay. Now uh Kathy Cash, Johnny's second oldest daughter with Vivian, she said mm-hmm. uh it says that she walked out of the film uh, the family screening of this five times because she she felt, you know, Wakeem and Witherspoon amazing. But again, like you're saying, like, the the light about you know, it was an unfair light on her mom. And also that uh, she felt like that they didn't show enough time with Johnny with the kids. And she's like, that's not how it was. You know, she, he was with us. You know, he did interact with us. Yeah, because their way that they make it, they're making him now is like he was almost like an absentee father. Uh-huh. Yeah, and from it. what I've heard from the kids, he was, they said he was a great dad. Yeah. You know what? I don't remember this scene either. What? You, you must, oh, you must where, where, he's, where he's out in the front porch? Yeah, we're with the Christmas yeah. lights in the yeah. background. Yeah. I, I don't remember this, man. Good on you. West Virginia. Now, June had passed away before production even began on this movie. So Reese had to do some of her researches, was actually going to June, to June's house and like going through her closet. Jesus. Kind of getting like inspiration because, yeah, because you got to realize this. You know, she passed away during her, she was getting surgery. Because she was taking care of John, and then John, like, passed away, what, three months later? Yeah. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, John, John, family like this and love like this, yeah, when when you you're, when your partner's gone, especially at that age, a lot of, I've seen that happen a lot, where people just, so just can't go on any further. 
I think that was the year the uh, he had released the Hurt video as well. Mm, I think so. I think June passed away maybe like the year before. Yeah, she passed away May 15th. Here we go, Miss Judgy. Divorce is an abomination. Well, like like you said, it was during those times, man. Uh, there's no difference in now, dude. There are fucking Karens out there that will stop somebody in the in the store. I've, no, this is like there's videos is, all over the place. Look at TikTok. Half the TikToks videos of Karens Karen. stopping somebody because they want to get their opinion out. It's like the pre-equal to Karen right there. Yeah. So yeah, no, she passed away May fifteenth, and Johnny passed away September same year, yeah. two thousand three. Um, then this was you know they passed away before the movie was released, so they didn't get a chance to actually see it. I think they would have liked it, but like I said, I just I hope in the, in the years to come they actually the second half because I think Johnny's second half of his life was just as equally as interesting as this one was. I mean, I get this is the love story part, and this is cool, but. I want to see him when he fights, like, you know, the record labels. Like, you know, he's, you know, throwing out shit records and swearing at people, giving them the finger. Yeah, releasing, That's what I want. releasing Man in Black and Man in Black, you know, yeah. being, being an advocate for, you know, Native American culture. I mean, yeah, when, like, most people look at, you know, country music and think, you know, that's, you know, very a certain way. But when you look at Johnny Cash's career, he, he, like, recognized everybody, you know? Okay. I, I got you here. I'm going to ask you a question I've asked because you're a big country music guy. More than me. Would you say Johnny Cash transcends country that he's like beyond that? Okay. Yes. Okay. Because he didn't start off country. He didn't start off country. He started off rockabilly, like with Jerry Lee and Elvis and everything. He had had a lot of gospel albums that came out, a lot of country. Actually, you got to realize he was never played on country music channels. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's funny that they classify him as country. And I always said, well, he, I don't think he's really country. He's more, I think he's, and I hate to say above it or transcends it, but he's just like a little. Yeah, that transcends it's pretty much it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he was, he fell more in the, in like the singer-songwriter genre of things. And, um, but yeah, no, because you got to think, I mean, I think the last country, last song he had on like country radio was in the 70s hence the hence the reason when he released it in spin magazine that that picture of him flipping it off was because he released that the day after he won a grammy award for best for best country hour music <laughs> and it was addressed to the record or not to the record label but to the radio stations that who refused to play johnny cash on the record or on the radio still one of the most iconic i think i have a t-shirt like that well of course i have a t-shirt but it's of um john wick doing that johnny cash pose but with the pencil yeah Hysterical. No, I had that. I actually got that T-shirt a month after that that um that out that uh that article was posted. I actually have to get that shirt again. Yeah, my ex my ex wife destroyed it, but yeah, that was uh like I mean that's that's when I that's when I was in you know Johnny Cash mode. You know, it was back way even way back then. I remember his eighties stuff and his nineties stuff and. And uh, yeah, when he when they really he released that, I think it was I think it was been a Rolling Stone. I can't remember which one. They bought a full page ad article and just put that out there like the very next day. And then that shirt came out came out like a couple of months later. And I bought I picked it up as soon as I saw it because I was thinking I was living out in L.A. at the time, and I was all about 
t-shirts at that time. Some of them well, you still are. <laughs> no, not, not, not like you, dude. You're another level. <laughs> Believe me, I've heard some rumblings. Hey, you should sell it. I ain't selling this shit, man. I got a t-shirt for every day of the year. Now, the Tennessee 2, they did stuff after John left? I think mm-hmm. Well, no, because uh, I believe Perkins passed away. I mean, they, they stayed with him for a while. Yeah, they were with him for like, I want to say almost 25 years. You know, it's funny. She. This is two thousand three, right? I well, well, two thousand. Yeah, I think two thousand five. This came out, I think, but two thousand three is when. You look at Reese Witherspoon now; looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I, I got her on Instagram. I follow her. She's got a daughter. Looks exactly like her. Yeah. She's got a twenty-one-year-old son. She, she's under that that, that Paul Rudd uh, contract with the devil. Paul Rudd is fifty-two, and he still looks the same. They, yeah, they got that demon contract going on. They mm-hmm. made a deal. I remember when this movie came out, there was rumblings that they were like doing stuff with each other. But I don't think they were, but it just shows that their chemistry was just on point. That they actually made you know rumors like that. Or maybe they did. I don't know. Well, back then, uh, you realize they did a lot of these like group tours, and they would do like big shows. Um, like even Johnny Cash picked that up in the sixties when he started getting back together. He started putting together tours with artists he only wanted to be with, and it was like the Johnny Cash concert featuring this person, this person, this person. Instead of like it is now, where it's these guys just tour together. They made a production about it and had like an ongoing show. Miss Miss Karen in the crowd. Thank you, Karen. I love that Jerry Lee Lewis just picked up a random and <laughs> bringing her on stage. Yep, he thought he got somewhere and he didn't. Get the amphetamines, get the beer, that drown your sorrows, John. Yep, there we go. I thought I'd do it. Yeah, I don't know. Man, you gotta be, well. Now that was not the 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 sink coming off the wall was not part of the deal. He, he actually did rip that sink off the wall. Jesus, I was gonna say like, God damn. Now here's a funny thing: Robert pa- Patrick actually played Johnny Cash's dad here, and he played Elvis's dad in the movie Elvis the same year. They both came out two thousand five. I don't remember that movie. Who was in that movie? Uh, I don't remember. I was not Ooh, a I yeah. I was yeah. not a big Elvis fan. My mom was. But. I'm not- yeah, my mom loves Elvis. I'm not a, I mean, I don't hate Elvis, but 
Yeah. Now, now, um, you know what television series owes or what television series that this movie owns like some a debt to? It's an old 1990s mm-hmm. television series that uh, if it wasn't for that show, this movie probably would not have gotten made the way it did. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Really? Johnny Cash was a guest star on the show and, ha- and had become friends with uh, with Jane Seymour and her husband, director James Keach, who had uh, who w- had worked with us and passed it over to James. To oh, shit. Yeah. So yeah, if it wasn't for Dr. Quinn and his guest starring role back ninety three, this prop movie would have been done differently. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Carl Perkins. Carl Perkins, yeah. Oh no, that's Whalen. Shit, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. I thought it was Carl up there with him. Ooh, that's it drunk. <laughs> so did you notice who was playing uh, Wayland there? Let me get another look at him. Probably not. You probably aren't going to recognize him. Okay, I can't recognize him. Who is it? It's his son. Shooter Jennings. Is it? Yeah. You'll see him also later on. He'll wear, he's got a, the full, he's wearing a, he's wearing a wig covering up his hair right now. He's got longer hair, right? No, he's longer hair. He's full beard, yeah. But yeah, you'll see him later on in the movie when he's, uh, after he, he and Vivian get a divorce. I love this. Here we go. <laughs> I thought I made a point. <laughs> a feisty woman. Yeah. Oh, there we go. You can't walk the line. That's a love-hate right there. What do you think is his biggest song to you? I mean, he has so many. I mean, you talk about a catalog, but let's just say, you know, you can only choose one. Oh, man, that's. I know. It's. That's a tough one, man. I just. It's unanswerable. Yeah. Because you have the different phases of his of his life. 
You know, you have the, you have your early days here. You have, you know, you have the, the, the sixties and seventies when he, you know, got with the highwayman and they had some amazing songs. And then you said when the Rick Rubin American days, you know, he's got, you know, great, you know, three albums right there, four albums, you know, uh, out of those, my favorite one is the first one. Cause it's just him raw, no yeah. band, no band. But then it's you him. listen, you listen to when he, you know, did, you know, he did covers of like, you know, Rusty Cage and, uh, I mean, just so many great covers. I mean, so it's, it's real tough to call a great one out for him. A lot of movies, TV shows, they use a lot of those albums, especially the cover songs, just to play like in between skits or something. Yeah, I think probably his biggest one downloadable is, I think, um, uh, what is it? The Man Will Come. Yeah, Man Will Come. Yeah, I mean, that's probably his biggest one right now because you'll hear that one fucking everywhere. Oh, that that song is everywhere. Yeah, I think it's... Man Comes comes Around or is it Man Come? Man man. man Comes Around, yeah. Then there's another one, uh, like the story or the history of America. That one just kind of came out. That's a really cool one. He talks about what America is. Now, the music producer for this is uh, T-Bone Burnett. And if anybody's ever watched uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That was the same uh, same guy that did that. Big country producer. Makes sense. Um, you have a T-Bone's. He's done some great things. Uh, his, uh, his, uh, his wife, or I don't know if they're still married or not. Um, his wife, honestly, oddly enough, her name's Sam Phillips as well. But she has a, she did a, a great album. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, he's known for doing a lot of like the country and, and folk stuff. No, this is not it yet. They should have nominated Robert Patrick for supporting or something. He was so good. This is drug dealer. Got a gun and everything like that. Where did it go? It's the um, CMAs, right? I think. I don't think they had the CMAs back then. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, you know what? He's being a little bit too obvious now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't kind of blame him. Yeah, she's <laughs> trying to keep a, a straight face, you know. Trying, trying, but.
Yeah, look at him. Junkie. It's fucked up. Yeah. She's got a right to be bitchy now. Four, not too much. But yeah, now he's not being too, he's not hiding it. <laughs> yeah. He's not hiding it. Yeah, the one oh, thing. Hey, it's Hollywood Bowl, right? Uh, no, I can't tell. No, I don't think that's. Um, might be. I can't. I couldn't tell. There's a lot of bowls out there, so. Okay. But yeah, just despite what this shows, yeah, Johnny actually, it wasn't just say like a, a little time with his this drug problem. He had a he had a, a long long history like before the tour, started. He had more. He had more sober years, or less sober years than, you know, not. It wasn't until uh, till June got into his life. Even then, he got. He still continued through the eighties and stuff. It was always an ongoing struggle with him. That's all my mama saying to me. What is that instrument called she's uh, she's playing up there? Is that the dobro, I think? Okay. I think that's what that's called. Oh, this is where he's playing sold out crowds now. I guess he's on tour by himself. No, that's now. not a dobro. I'm sorry. What is that? I can't remember the name of that instrument, but yeah. Yeah, by this point, yeah, the mid sixties, he was already he'd already been going, you know, at least you know fifteen, ten, fifteen years at this point. Is he singing? This is not. Yeah, not nope, a- that's him. Good job. Yeah, that's what I say. There's like, there's actually people that like watch this movie that knew Johnny, and they're like, it, "It's no, that's that's got to be Johnny singing that." They're like, "No, that's that was who came." Kind of like the Doors when uh, Val was singing. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things of becoming an actor, you go through vocal training, and that's you know, kind of helps you get your voice to do what it what you want it to. To reach a certain tenor. Because when I when I close my eyes, I could hear like, man, he sounds like John. And that's how John held the guitar too, almost like a uh, like almost like a shotgun type of thing. She married a, a stock car driver. Is that what I saw? Yeah, earlier? she married a few, uh, a few people. She married a stock car driver, 
a couple of country singers. Yeah. She wasn't as innocent either. Man, and you invite your wife to the concert? Oh, John. <laughs> you know what? I'm starting to side with Jennifer Goodwin. <laughs> Bad move, John. Bad move. Yes, yeah. You're in the right, Jennifer. Man, he, even though his dad's still giving him shit. I think the mom liked her right away, too. The dad was like, whatever. I don't give a shit. He had three daughters? Shit. Yeah. Yeah, stay away from husband. She knows. The Johnny Cash Show. No, it's not the show that I'm thinking of, though. The variety show was the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they didn't do the... Uh... Okay. Yeah, that's that's the area that they... Like I said, the film stops at Folsom Prism. That's, yeah, that's where the movie ends, is where... They got done recording, and she said yes. And I mean, you really could pick it up if I mean I don't know if they'll do it. But. Yeah, they they probably won't. They told the the best parts. I love the fact that the way that he's filming Mangold did an amazing job. This is actually the San Quentin album cover minus her yeah, yeah, yes, with the light. Is. Yeah, it's light beaming right on. That's yeah, good. that's a, yeah, it's a good shot. Yeah, when I saw this, I was like, man, that's some guy. It's good, kind of cool references. Oh, they got the cops there, too. Shit. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get your shirts? <laughs> Doesn't this guy look like the um, the coach from Major League? Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the, the, it's it's the it's the mustache. That's what it is. Get on. You're there. Might as well. She finally gave in. That was just a booty call at this point. Yeah, it's funny that uh, that guy you were talking about, the uh, coach from uh, from Major League. Uh, James Gammon. I have seen him in like little guest spots, uh, to, in like recently, in like movies. I'm like, oh god, here there he is. I didn't realize he was in this. I didn't, I didn't realize he was in Vision Quest, uh, Silverado. I mean, there's been a bunch of like Urban Cowboy. Like he's just like playing like, these weird little extra ones. It's been around. 
Is he still with us, or did he no, pass? No, no, he passed, passed away. Uh, goodness. What? Uh, 2010. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got streaming services. Maybe somebody will do it down the line. Maybe. But I, I, I think like that. It, the bulk of his story is, is this is like the love story. I mean, if you ask the man, you know, if you actually actually got a chance to ask Johnny Cash, what's his most important thing he did was probably this and his children. Because really, like like I said, the rest of his life is yeah. He did start the uh, the, the the variety show, did the film. Yeah, got a little religious on us with Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there's some strange parts of his life during after that too. Be interesting to explore, but they don't have to. She gotta go home. And even though he's still using pills, even though she's got gin. I wonder if she knows by now that he's using. Well, I, I mean, it's probably you know part of the it's part of the lifestyle already. But to, to see how how much they use, you know, people people would use it just to you know get from show to show. But then whether they became addicted or not, that was the big thing. Because even back then, they still weren't sure. Hmm. So like we were talking about how great he sounds when they were when they were learning this, his voice wasn't quite at the register of Johnny's. So the band had to tune a little bit higher so he wasn't straining, but he could still kind of hit like a like a lower register. But I guess at the beginning, just before they started filming, his voice actually dropped closer to what Johnny's was. And then the band had to like change back to the original key. Let me in, June. Hey, let the Karen get to you. Yeah, this is where shit hits the pan. This is almost a precursor to what a lot of artists are doing now in Vegas. A lot of them make their homes out there, make their own, like, you know, I think Britney did it. Oh, no, yeah, that's, they were, they were doing that in the 60s, 70s. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, they, this is, the concept is not, I think Celine Dion did it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody Marty did it. There's, there's a lot of people who have done it. But you make money. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, chewing his fucking chin off right now. Yeah, because back in the 60s, 70s, you had people like picking up what like basic residential residence residencies at these casinos. I love the way she looks at them when she's this actually was unscripted. Those two talked 
Johnny and Johnny or not Johnny, sorry, Joaquin and uh, and Reese talked and said, "Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make each other uncomfortable by giving stares." And James didn't know what the hell was going on. He's like, oh, "Well, how would you re- how would you act around somebody you're in an argument with? And you got to be on stage with with your girlfriend." It works. Yeah. Because it goes both ways. Yeah. You can have those moments where you're tender with each other, and you can tell all oh, these guys are in love, or if they're fighting, like now. And the and then of course the woman would always be calm. I would have to agree. Now, did this happen? Yes. At all? Okay, I'm just gonna because you're the I'm gonna reference you as the historian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now this where he knocks out the lights that mm-hmm. actually happened at the Grand Ole Opry um, and he was asked to never come back <laughs> see this no no I didn't see this Oh yeah, no. This was in the movie. This I remember. Okay, okay. Because okay. he makes a reference back to about him and his brother. Unfortunately, fortunately, I keep my feathers numbered for this kind of situation. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're kind of cramming his breakdowns into one scene. But yeah, it's it's happened over and over again. But yeah, that, he was in the uh, Grand Ole Opry and had a little moment and started kicking out the uh, stage lights, and then he was asked to uh, never come back. So they send him home or they send him to rehab or something. Oh, there was no rehab back then, right? Yeah, there was rehab. Yeah, you had, uh, I think Betty Ford was around at that point or just getting started, but you had other rehabs, but they were more geared towards just, you know, putting somebody in a room and letting them get sober. Not actually like talking about the disease. But yeah, they just basically just pulled a, pulled a yeah, plug on the, on the tour. Go home, John. What pills? Flush it down the toilet. If she didn't know by then, she knows now. Oh, that look, yeah. That tells you all. That look. Woo! I've seen that like a couple times. That's like, get the hell out of my life.
Now, is this her house or her yeah, mom's? Yeah, this is her. This is her house. This is her having a bit of a coming to Jesus speech. What am I doing? Made in black. Is he at the Mexican border? Yeah, he went down. To, yeah, he went down to get some. Not the Mexican border. He went down to Mexico to get some pills. Shit. No, this is Ring of Fire. This is her now. Again, it's another one of those little things. It was written by her and a, a guy named Merle Kilgore. Uh, Merle was a songwriter probably, but he was more known for being the personal manager of Hank Williams Jr. At the When he was, when he eventually passed away, not, not Hank, but Merle. But yeah, they, they wrote the song together. John popping them bills. And this happened too. He was met by some U.S. Marshals, or yeah, he was a you know, got in a little trouble. A little bit. Let's, let's check your shit there, Johnny. Mister Cash. Got him. What was he in jail for? That and that time only. He never did prison time. He never, yeah, everybody, all the the stories about him being in jail. And that, that was the, so he, he spent what, one day? Like a day or two, yeah, in there until they processed him out. Yeah, it was not. You're telling me. That somebody we might know spent more time in summer camp than Johnny Cash? Yes, sir. God damn. I think she just had it with him at this point. (laughs) Yeah, she's got a right to be pissed now. Now I'm on her side. Like, at this point, just get the fuck out. Because now you're just not you're you're just an afterthought. <laughs> but she's right. She's right. See, before I gave her shit, but now I'm not gonna give her shit. Look at that. This Roseanne again? Yeah. I think most of the most of the time they show they show Roseanne because I think you know out of the other children and I mean next to his career she she had the 
you know, biggest one. But, what uh, the other? But Roseanne was not a big fan of this uh, movie. Of this movie, yeah, them. yeah. Well, yeah. How does she put it? She's like, it was like getting a getting a, a root canal without anesthesia. Watching this. Yeah, I think all of his kids, I think all were like involved in music at some point. Like I think Cindy had, had a, had a few albums, but, uh, I think she's like, she's doing like anti, she's an anti collector now. Well, I'm sure they're collecting those royalty checks. Yeah. Then you have Roseanne. Um, he had a total of five children, but Roseanne, Cindy, and then of course John, they're, they're him and June's only child. And of course, her kids from the first marriage too. Yeah, and then yeah, you have a uh, you have June's kids, uh, Carlene Carter. You probably recognize her. She was she had a couple of uh, hits in the nineties. At this point, she's it's it's done. Like you start hanging up another a woman's picture in your house, you're pretty much fucked. She's put up with a lot of shit. That that was it. Don't hang these. She's right. See, I'm on her side now. That's like, dude, that's like mad obvious. I mean, just hang up nude pictures, why don't you? Just drill in her forehead. I mean, right now he's drying out. Hey, Maria, can you turn your uh, volume down? My bad. It's okay. I, I didn't know it was that loud. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I didn't notice it until the banging, and then I could hear her talking. I was like, oh, man, got, got loud again. I didn't know it was that loud. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'm the one who talks about people doing that shit. I know. That's, I why, I, that's why I called you Marie. Who's that guy? I know that guy. Man, this is Snow White. Look at that. Going off. And you got the kids watching too. That's it. Yeah. Uh, that's when you have to leave. Yeah. That's, that's, that's when it's over. That's like, okay. I think a friend of ours posted something the other day on uh, our Facebook, um, Facebook page because we're common friends. And she posted, you know, once the um, once the law is involved, oh yeah, relationship, yeah. you think it's over? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I go, but in my case, it would have to be the army. But, yeah, I, yeah, I think when I, when me and my ex wife, when we were going through, it, yeah, I, I made we made sure we had our talks after the kids were in school. But it never got to the point where it was like, you know, 
police coming over. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. I think no, once the cop- I, I, oh. I broke a door, but that's because I was leaving the house. She said something smart-ass to me. So I turn around to walk back in, and she tried to deadbolt it before I and I, she didn't get in in time. So I mm. pushed it open, and I closed the door. Well, the deadbolt was already out, so the deadbolt hit the frame of the door and then cracked the door. So, so this is a uh, shooter Jennings playing uh, Waylon. God, he looks like him too. I like that little moment they put Johnny Cash sued for divorce. So wait a minute. She got the house and everything, and he has to live with well, Waylon Jennings? Uh, California, yeah. I mean, he got kicked out, and he's got nowhere else so to she, go. She got She got everything. She got She Fuck. got a good chunk. You got to remember, remember California, you know, when, it, when divorces happen. Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, you lived in California, so you would have to explain the law better to me. Well, I didn't get divorced in California. I got divorced here, so it's a different – it was a different oh. situation. <laughs> <laughs> you you left. I was like, I was like, we don't have to go back there to get divorced, do we? Because I don't want to deal with that crap. Let's just do it here. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna well, work I mean, out. It's not like I didn't. I mean, I, I I paid up a lot, so I'm still I'm still paying up, and it's been 15 years, so. Yeah, you are. <sighs> Ten months. Ten months. Ten months, dude. We should celebrate. I'm done. Ten months, baby. Celebrate. I'm gonna vanish. What are you talking? <laughs> Do you actually have to have money for the. <laughs> Is that a real check that he's trying to cash? Was this a real moment that happened too, or these? I don't know. I do know he had some. I do know he had a check that he tried to cash somewhere. It's a twenty-four thousand dollar check too. Of course, you're not going to cash. It's probably more money than they have in that bank. Well, this is back in the day when they like actually put holds on the on uh, checks. Yeah, because it's it's like a a ridiculous amount. Can't cash check, and you just ripped up twenty four thousand dollars. Shit. Mommy, there's a weird man. <laughs> well, he's all sweaty and shit. Where did he walk from? Like she lives in this is this is Tennessee where she lives or yeah, I think she yeah, she's in Nashville area, but again okay. probably the outs, outskirts of Tennessee. Like or Nashville. Yeah, she gives her shit too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. She threw him out. <laughs> I 
And that was the thing. He, they, they refused, he refused or referred to himself as different people when he was acting a certain way. This cash guy. Yeah. <laughs> She's right, though. It's fucked up. (laughs) Sorry. I even heard that. You remember this part? No, this is a... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is another one. Dude, that that dude looked like John C. Riley for a minute. Again, this is where he finds that um that famous uh, cash law cabin. Yeah, this is so, not that. Yeah, this isn't that far off from the truth. Yeah, he went on this long walk, wandering around, and he came across them the, the property, and that's when he decided to build it there. Now, was it already up, or did he have it built over there? No, no, it was it was being built, or I think the house was already built, actually. Okay. But the area is close to a close to a place uh, a, a place called Nickajack Nickajack Cave. And basically, what happened one day? He was so fucked up. He walked into this into this cave and just basically kept walking and wanted to die. He just walked and walked and walked and walked until he passed out, and just laid there in this pitch black cave. He couldn't see what was which way to go. Jesus. Uh, then he said he heard a voice, told him to get up and walk a certain way, and he started walking. And he and uh, he said when he by the time he got to the end of the cave, he saw uh, June and her mom waiting for him outside the cave. There it is, for sale. I'm sure that cabin has been sold since then. I'm not sure if it's still part of his family or not. Some of the properties are still are. I think um, Jamaica. He has a he has a a place out in Jamaica where he would try to get away from everybody. Looks like Dean there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, John. He just bought that house flat out. Make that kind of money, you can. I guess, yeah. Don't need these obnoxious freaking mansions. You can just buy you know, a house. And- 
little chilling out. Just chill out. Now, how long was he away from music at this time? What was this a year, two, I think three? a couple of years? I don't think he was. I don't. Not sure how long the break was, but I don't think it was too long. I'm shaking. Yeah, I think the biggest break he had was from 1960 to 1962. Might be these two years, right? Else. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, he was pretty consistent. An album a year. No, it was that, that wasn't that time. Yeah, I don't think he was that he was without writing for for that much. Because like Walk the Line came out, and that was nineteen sixty four, and he was consistent ever since then. His mom trying to be supportive. She's oblivious to what's going on. Only the dad knows. Still a junkie. Still giving him shit, man. Yeah, this is. When they fit all those people in that truck? God damn. What about the story about June's dad? Anything stands out? Because he looks like a decent dude in this film. But I think he was part of the... Uh, yeah, I think he was part of the uh, the Carter family. Because it was, it was AP... And God, who was it? AP and I can't remember the other lady's name, part of the Carter family. Uh, and then there was Maybell and then her husband. And I think they all, they all played together. I know AP and his wife got, got divorced. And that's kind of when that side went all haywire. Attention, man. Just staring bullet holes at him. Yeah, that's uh, that's Ezra <clears throat> Carter. Yeah, so he was a member of the Carter family, part of the the folk music that they did. Hmm. Still giving him shit, man. He doesn't have to say anything. It's the way he looks at him. Why? Well, it's Johnny that's eyeballing him from across the table. His daddy ain't saying he... shit. <laughs> yeah, when he starts talking about Jack. I love that. He's like, you were talking about Jack? He's like, yeah. Well, where were you? <laughs> he like, still... That's a hard. He was right, man. He was a hard man. 
Did they reconcile in later in life? Yeah, they did, yeah. And again, it's one of those things they're making, like they did, they made Vivian look harder and meaner than she was, and same thing with the with his dad. God, he, like I said, limited scenes for him, but so good. See, there it is. Where were you? Even he didn't let it go. Mm-hmm. It's funny where Robert Patrick started. And even Robert Patrick's got music in his family, too. Yeah. His brother, Richard. Lead singer of uh, Filter. I even liked it when he came onto the X Files after these guys left. Yeah, I was, I was, I was not uh, upset with that. Yeah, he was. I mean, he wasn't David Duchovny, but you know, I think later on he, they kind of transitioned back to Duchovny, and he was still there. And I was like, hey, he's a pretty good character. Yeah, smirk. Screw you, Dad. Yep, they all know. Yeah. See, I, I think right there he felt sorry for him. But he did, you know, that's that pride, man. They're still loud. Yep, there we go. Best lines in the movie. You're already there. Shit. Oh, damn. Yeah, don't be driving a tractor when you're driving. Lesson learned. Got to dry out. All this pretty accurate? Yeah. Yeah, when all that went down, yeah, they had to basically lock him up in in his own house. Get him clean and sober. This part is new. No, this is this was in the movie. No, because the part I remember is just coming up right now when he wakes up. 
Yeah, there hasn't been anything new for for a little bit. Pills away. Nothing. Yeah. Through your shit way, man. But it wasn't the last time he was gonna. Get no, to, no. I mean, you talk to anybody. Yeah, you talk to anybody that's an it's been an addict. They're they, it's it's an ongoing thing. You're gonna fall and get bad, and then have to clear up again. I hit it bad. Look at that. There's Johnny Depp. Look at Grant. There's Gramps. Get the hell out of here. Like Maybell's fucking back in too. Hey, look at that. Did Maybell have a look at Maybell got a gun too? <laughs> yeah, she got She's back in too. She ain't playing. Damn. She's from the hollow. She 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 knows how to fucking shoot. Fucking a. But she looked like she had a pump shotgun though. <laughs> she did. She had something. This is where he starts waking up, I guess. They never say how long it took him to dry out. I would imagine a couple weeks, maybe. Possibly. I mean, that's normal, but again, it's it's a constant, ongoing issue. Rebuild his life. Again, this movie doesn't work if these guys don't get along. They it's actually old. made a pact with each other that, hey, you know what? If there's any moment in this film that either if one wants to leave, the other one's going with them. There's not, mm. there's no replacement. You know, they, so they made a, a pact and became and got really close with each other. You know, and so yeah, you can definitely see that. Two really good actor and actresses right here who really, if you think about it, they can really do anything. Put them in any kind of category for a film. They can comedy, drama. Not sure, but well, even action. Shit, comic book movies. I don't think Reese has done one, but you can plug her in there somewhere.
So good. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, like going to a uh, it's a black church, man. No, it's not a black church. It's just a church. A lot of white folks in there. Why do they assume it was a black church? I don't know. Because you're racist. Wow. <laughs> not true. Oh my God, that is old school with the uh, paper fans. Oops, sorry. Sort of the deconstruction and almost resurrection of Johnny Cash now. But like you said, he does more later on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even he, you know, even he said there there are times he fell off that aren't documented by you know the press because he just just kind of fell off. Now it is cool. This letter that he's going to find. There's a letter in here he finds from a Folsom uh, prison uh, inmate, and there's a song that or the, this this um, I think it's his name is uh, Glenn Shirley. And he actually, uh, he also wrote a song for Johnny Cash, this one here. Uh, but yeah, he actually ended up writing a song for Johnny Cash as well. Buddy, I'm one of your greatest fans. To a long time, folks. And again, this wasn't his first concert. He'd actually been doing concerts at prisons for a while. That's another thing that's kind of a little off about it. That was something that he had done on his own because he was always somebody that looked at, you know, people in prison and, and people that were down, you know, downtrodden, you know, that they just needed to, they needed something to look forward to. But that's just how he always was. He looked at that, that he looked yeah, at, look at Glenn Shirley. That's right there. Yeah. Pretty several old man. I've been in and out of various jails. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, Glenn Shirley wrote a key, uh, a song called Keystone Chapel. That's that Johnny Cash recorded later. John Duda. I'm a short time. But he was he also he was like a big advocate for the for the Native Americans, a big advocate for, you know, African Americans. He just like I said, most people don't realize, you know, what what a man of the people he was. Mm. You know, and again, he doesn't follow that that typical country which you would figure a somebody country follow. And if you ever want to see, you know, or see what what he means and stands for that the song Man in Black is like the perfect thing. It's like his like epitome about everything. He's like, I will I will always wear black as long as people are downtrodden and people are in prison for wrong, you know, just like right up there. 
So this event is pretty much accurate. He walks into the studio just like that. Says, well, yeah, he just walks to CBS. He's like, hey, I want to do an album. They're like, hey, live albums aren't. They don't sell. Yeah, they make a reference to the Opry being banned. What did I say? Clapton's gone electric or something. Yeah. What was I say? Yeah, I say it's Clapton. Oh, no, Dylan's gone electric. Dylan, Dylan's gone electric. That's what it is. Okay with a live album, but not in a jail. I'm standing right here. <laughs> Why do you keep wearing black? It's depressing. You going to feel maybe I am. Stuffy suits. Didn't he sort of break his contract by doing the concert at Folsom? No. Because he, he was doing concerts at there, him recording it, and he just sent it to him. Like he just said here. He's like, we're going to be recording. You know, so I'm just going to send it to you. You do with, do with it what you want. And then once they actually heard it, then that's how you, they realized, you know, shit, okay, we got to release this thing. Yeah, we, yeah, we fucked up. Because I don't know if you've ever heard the album, but yeah, it's an amazing Dude, I own, I own the album. It's a great album. Well, it's on my CD somewhere. I'm sure I can. Oh, I actually, it. I actually own the album. I actually oh, own vinyl. vinyl. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Cash. I love this line. You think they forget? <laughs> That's your wife. Like, no, she refuses to marry me. Even then, look at that, just giving her the giving him the shit. I keep asking her. She says no. Coca-Cola man. I just had a talk with Jory and Warden. Gives him the shit, too. Now, did you recognize the Warden? Oh, who was he? That's a, that's James Keach. That's the producer that uh, helped him do it. He, that he, he guess, starred in it. But he's done a bunch of movies. Uh, let see here. Legend of, Lo- of the Lone Ranger, if you really want to go back and feel... Jesus. He was he was the Lone Ranger, just so you know. Wow. He was in the experts. But he's been director, producer for a shit ton of movies. But then I found out what you guys were drinking. Actually, you know who you probably re- remind, uh, remember him from? 
What? Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. He's the cop that pulled him over after uh, the dog got uh, – that they left the dog on the bumper. Oh. oh man, he must have kept up with you for a while. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Cocaine Blues, another good song. His eyes. Get into it. A lot of times these prisoners, that's all they had. That's it. <laughs> so Glenn Shirley is somewhere in this crowd? Yeah, well, no, he was the one that sent the note. Okay. So he may have been in, in that crowd at the time. Um like I said also like I said Merle Hagger was at one of these shows as well as one of the uh one of the wow. guests of Folsom Prison. Breathe. Oh, he's upgraded. He's got a tour bus now. Even he knows it. He's back. You know, he was away for a while. It's pretty impressive that he still has like a tour bus and all that stuff, and people still remember him. That's good. Oh, it's good sales, man. And money. Yeah. I mean, all the tours they did, they keep all the money on the tours. Yeah, the scene where he grabbed the, the cigarette out of his guitar player's mouth. Actually, it was like three, four months after that concert that his uh, guitar player died in a, in a house fire. Oh. Yeah. Give him credit, man. I love how she just breaks it down. Say, marriage, I just got divorced, you got divorced. Where are we going to live? <laughs> Blows him off. <laughs> Some chicks will be like, yes. And she's like, nope. Ha, <laughs> 
Now this I know is correct. Like he asked her like a hundred times before she said mm-hmm. yes. That I know. Always giving him shit. Damn, he's trying to be cool and just give him shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did. Yeah. He's like, all Terry O'Kan, 1968. Okay, so they stop in the four to seventies then. Doesn't he? <laughs> doesn't even look at him. That makes him water more. What's up with the um I just noticed that. The um the microphones being taped together like that. Oh recording, probably. Yeah, okay, okay. One's going to the board and the other one's probably going to a recording system before they had it set to where they could do that. Shit, I could do that like off off this whole thing right now. Tennessee, dude. Well, they're Tennessee three by nine. Yeah, yeah. What's that of the drummer, yeah. Yeah, W.S. Holland was their drummer, and they added him in the 60s. It's still fighting, dude. I love it. Even then. Jackson. 
They had a couple more duets after this, and they were before. Oh, they had a few, yeah. But Jackson's probably their biggest one. I used to sing that song with a... Uh, this girl I knew like years ago at Cheers. Hmm. Man, Reese could sing too. Look at that. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, this is <laughs> I can't sing this song anymore. No, this is all historically accurate. Yep, yep. He he proposed in Toronto or Ontario, Canada, on stage. And he said all these things, or is this like the middle of a song? Or? Oh, that I don't know. I don't know if I've never heard the the recording. I don't know. I'm sure they have one out there. Bunch of the Tennessee three guys, like finally. Broke down, man. He's like, he laid it all on the line. Do you mind if she would have said no? <laughs> Especially up on stage. Oof. Little sting. That would have been something. No. What? <laughs> If you didn't know, she said yes. Sorry. These guys are like, fucking finally. And there's the, um, we'll get the, uh, the poster moment, I think, coming up in a couple seconds. Yep, there you go. I gotta see if they have this on YouTube. They probably have it somewhere. Somebody had to film this. It all comes full circle. His life changed. I guess he reconciled with his dad at this point. That's a big cabin. God damn. There's like a downstairs part to it too? Yeah. Shit. 
Hello, granddaughter. <laughs> Tell him about the great flood, Brother Jack. Yeah, another uh, another reference to uh, one of his songs. Huh. What do you got here? I like the little uh, one of the most popular recordings of all time, outselling the Beatles. Shit, that I didn't know. Settled in Lake House in Hendersonville two years. They had a son, John Carter Cash. Thirty-five years. Damn. Yeah. So that's walk the line, guys. Um, I would say the final. Yeah, it is the final film of uh, Music Month. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's about it. And so we're done with Music Month. Um, Mike, final thoughts? I mean, one of my it's one of my favorite movies. I mean, like you know, like I said at the beginning, we were talking about you know when we went to go see it. I remember the theater I was when I sat down and watched this for the first time, and. You know, I, it was, it was one of those moments. I remember the girlfriend I was dating at the time we went in, she knew I was a big Johnny Cash fan. I sat down there and I was like, literally like tapping my hand, tapping my feet, tapping my hands as like the, the theater's going dark and, you know, trailers are over and we get that first original scene. Cause I, you know, again, a big Johnny Cash fan at that point in my life. Um, so yeah, definitely something I, I was happy to see. And again, it's one of those ones I can watch over and over and over again. Cause it's just a great, great story and just great performances. Hey, even now, I think you know you got the recording with the um, with the additional scenes. Uh, a couple of them I didn't even know it, notice. I mean, they didn't really didn't add to much, but just like that was cool. The music's great, and I, and once again, like you just said, perfectly. It's a movie that you can never get tired of seeing. I can always find like little things and historical things about John, and you know, probably one of the most influential musicians of all time. I would say he's he's up there. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not. He's the, influenced a lot. Yeah. I mean, like literally, you hear like look at Trent Reznor. They're they're right there. I mean, you talk about two different sides of the spectrum. Yeah, right there. Well, I mean, you just think of what he did there, and then you think of what he what he did in the seventies and the eighties, and then you look at when he came back in the nineties with uh, you know American Records and with Rick Rubin and how he like touched another generation that will you know remember remember him. You know, yes, it's just now our generation. The, the rest of will have to live off of a uh, you know video recordings and audio tapes of his performances, but. If you haven't downloaded any Johnny Cash by now, you should check it out. He's on Spotify, iTunes. He's everywhere. Just, you know, whatever album you want to. I still got to find this just chicken album. That's what I'm going to do when I get off. Again, it's one of those ones. I think think it's extremely hard to find because it was uh, something that uh, was not not meant to be uh, pressed that much. (laughs) I'll find it. Yeah. One way. Mike, let's get out of here. All right, guys. Thank you guys for uh, checking in. We will see you next month for Matrix Month. So that way, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to be checking out Matrix and doing a watch along for, or not a watch along for all of them, but we're going to be watching and reviewing all of the Matrix leading up to the new Matrix, which will be released next month. Uh, And make sure you do check us out on Heroes Asylum, where we are just releasing our 131 episodes. 
Shoot 131, man. And if it's not the time yet, but you should see the old episodes of here of the Midnight Movies slowly returning to our uh, our list here. So just give that a little bit of time if you guys are looking into the archive for some for something older. Yep. Check out on our Instagram page at Hero Asylum and Twitter at Hero Asylum underscore podcast. And from Mike to me to you, see you next time. 